When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like ugly Christmas sweater karaoke and holiday music bingo. Plus... Happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and happy fucking Friday, everyone. We did it. We made it another week in this hellscape. And honestly, if you're listening to this, Adele's new album, 30, has come out. So, I mean, (laughs) I don't know if any of us will come out of this alive. I remember she dropped a little nugget, one of her new songs on Wednesday, like just of her singing it like midday. I'm like, how dare you drop this midday? Like we have work to do and you just fucked with me emotionally and psychologically, to be honest. Like it's just incredible. And there's a video circulating of her. She did an interview because I'm like living for this old school press tour that she's doing right now, like the Oprah interview. And like, I just like miss that. I miss that so much when artists would like, have to do like 60, they would do like 60 minutes. They would go on, you know, Regis and Kelly or Regis and Kathy Lee. Like they had to do this like whole thing to promote their album. And it was like, that's how we got all like the good interviews that we still like talk about and how we got all the information on our favorite people. Uh, Granted, you know, some are more media trained than others, but I think Adele is really really amazing because she's so talented and so famous, but I feel like she's still very down to earth, but also knows that she's like a bad bitch. You know what I mean? Um, Hang on. Barb is really out of control today. There's an interview clip going around of her where she's like, 
you know, I guess label executives or whatever were telling her to make music that could be used on TikTok. And she was like, I don't make music for people to TikTok dance to it. Like, that's not what I'm doing. And she, she's like, I make music for people like in my generation, which is like really weird to use that term. She's only like, what, 33 or 34. But I like oddly, like I'm now in that like kind of age bracket where it's like, you're, you're into TikTok, but it's like, it's just weird. It's, we're in some weird ass times. That's all I got to say. But, you know, if you're not all just like ripping cigarettes right now at 10 a.m. ripping ciggies after listening to 30, then like, let's hang out and we can chat about some of our favorite girlies because it is Bravo Friday after all. And let's just get into it. I have to say, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip is some of the best television I have watched like recently. Like I can't get enough. Get your asses a Peacock subscription, settle in, get like light a holiday candle, you know, pour yourself a glass of wine. It's incredible. Like seeing these women together from all different franchises who each of them have shaped their own franchise in a different way is amazing. And I got some shit on my Instagram account the other day for calling them OGs. People are like, Melissa's not an OG. Well, because Teresa said Melissa's not an OG in that one confessional. Then we have Kenya and Cynthia who technically aren't OGs either. And technic, if we are getting technical, Luann was just a friend of one season. I think that was season six. Was it five? Five or six. I honestly, my brain is mush. I can't remember exactly. But what I mean by OGs is like these women have been on our screens for over 10 years. No matter if they started season one or season three. They have been on for a very long time and each of them have shaped, like I said, their franchises in a different way. Like Kenya brings something different. And now, of course, you guys know I'm always team twirl. Not always team twirl. Sometimes I do look at her a little sideways, but she, I just love her. I think she gets like, I think she gets a lot of heat and she's literally on television to make drama. I don't know what people want from her. But Allison and I did an emergency podcast on the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip earlier this week on Tuesday. So if you want, you can go listen to our thoughts there. It's in my feed on anywhere really you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever. It's so good. I've watched each episode at least three times already because I just can't get enough. Like there's something about Luann Deliceps looking at Cynthia and Kenya and being like, Who was that stripper with the big dick that goes down to his kneecaps? I mean, she was foaming at the fucking mouth to bring that up. You know, Luann has wanted to talk about Bolo fucking that cantaloupe for a year now. Like, she's like, I I need to discuss. Like, we need to... Bolo needs to make a trip to New York City. (laughs) He needs to make a trip. He would have a good ass time. Not saying he didn't in Atlanta because we all know, you know, things went down. But wow. Wow, wow, wow. I really, really loved the Cynthia Teresa walking on the beach moment when they were talking about 
Kenya, actually. And Teresa's like, you know, Kenya stood up for me in a way that my cast usually doesn't stand up for me. Because Ramona said that Teresa is a scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz because she doesn't have a brain, which is very rude, but also very Ramona. And I mean, I'm not saying, listen, Teresa's not the smartest, okay? But we don't need to call her a scarecrow, you you know? I love that moment because I, you can really see that Teresa likes Kenya a lot and really likes Cynthia. And I think she likes Luann too. She fucking hates Ramona. Rem- hates. And I don't think she like connects with Kyle. Like, I don't think she has a problem with Kyle at all. I just don't see them like connecting because I know Kyle and Melissa are really close. So Teresa's probably like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm good on this. But then they were walking in. You know, they were talking about marriage and divorce and Teresa said the word jail. And that is the first time I've ever heard Teresa not use the term like the time I went away or the time I went to camp. Like she's really like she let her wall down with Cynthia. And I just thought that that was really, really nice. And we don't usually get that on New Jersey. And that's kind of what I love about this show is it takes them all. It plucks them all from their comfort zones or like from dynamics that they're usually stuck in. And now they can kind of like make new dynamics and new friendships. And obviously there's feuds, but my personal favorite aspect of this whole show is not even the fights. It's the sisterhood. It's the talking about being on a show and talking about their experiences, like with fame or whatever. Cause Ramona, of course, on the plane was like, I didn't really realize that I was famous. And everyone was like, you're on a show, bitch. What are you talking about? <laughs> like. What do you mean? But, you know, it, I love, I just love it. I love it so much. And these women are so fun together. And I, like I said, I, I can't get enough of it. So go get yourselves a Peacock subscription and just, and just enjoy it. It's, it's delectable. It's delightful. All right, let's get into Salt Lake City. This was an episode for the ages. In every franchise, there's like an iconic moment that kind of puts them on the map to quote Ramona Singer. (laughs) You know, New Jersey had the table flip. I feel like New York had Scary Island. Beverly Hills had the dinner party from hell where Alison Dubois was like puffing on her, you know, e-cigarette. And now I feel like Salt Lake City has this Jen Shaw arrest scene. We are watching something unfold in real time and uh, and the and what makes it even better is that like Jen is being charged with these crimes. This isn't an Erica Jane where it's all alleged so the women kind of have to tiptoe around what they say. It's more of like this woman is being charged with money laundering, telemarketing schemes with her stew chains and it's really, it's something. And I, the women's reactions to Jen Shaw getting arrested, I was obsessed with it because they all reacted so different. Okay. Jenny, Jenny doesn't give a single fuck that this is happening. There was a moment in time where the women were questioning if they should even go on this trip to Vail. And Jenny was like, you are not taking me from this trip. 
Like I am going, I will ride in a fucking Uber seven hours to Vail, Colorado to get away from my husband. <laughs> like, no, that's not happening. Get the show on the fucking road. We're going. Lisa is immediately calling lawyers, sobbing, but whispering sobbing in a way that's like very Heather Dubrow adjacent. Like that she has that like, I think that's a New York thing maybe because Lisa's from New York City like Heather. And like, it's just like, they have this like deep, like raspy cry. Oh God, it was so good. Heather has to be the most naive person on planet Earth. She was like, what do you mean? Do you think they knew? Do you think they got tipped off? Like, yes, bitch. Obviously. Heather, like, welcome to the fucking party. Uh, You know, like, they're all looking at her like, are you dumb? Because even she was like, should I call Jen? And the way Lisa's delivered this line, I don't think you should. (laughs) And it was so good. But of course, she did anyways. And she's like, you know, she hasn't gotten back to me. Obviously, she's in fucking custody with Homeland Security. (laughs) She's not going to be, you know, texting you back, Heather. Gay. Like, are you kidding me? And then Whitney. Whitney's reaction. It's a little bit of like, you know, what's that saying? The cat who ate the canary. Like, she's kind of, I think, enjoying it because she doesn't like Jen and has always questioned Jen's lifestyle. I mean, she said it in the confessional. She's like, the thing she would buy just like doesn't make sense with what she does. Now, do I think she knew a little bit too much about Jen's business? Because at one point, Heather was like, well, why would the NYPD be here? And quickly, Whitney was like, well, her headquarters are in New York City. (laughs) It's like, how do you know all this? Like, it was kind of bizarre. And she's a little too quick to question Lisa Barlow being the one to tip the feds off. You know, I'm like, hmm, are we, are we possibly deflecting? Are we projecting? You know, as Candace Stiller does with her hands, the projector. Meredith, we got to talk about Mare. What's going on? What's going on with our Mare? She seems so not on this planet. And I'm like, is this ever going to be discussed? Are the women ever going to have a chit chat with her about like something is clearly going on with her? And, you know, I don't know if she drinks or or what, but I mean, the woman like slurs her words in a way that's like not Dorinda Medley vibes because Dorinda Medley is like on 10 at all times. Meredith is at like a negative two and like is operating on a frequency that only occurs to me when I like take an Advil PM and like have a glass of Chardonnay. Actually, I don't drink Chardonnay. That's disgusting. I I don't really drink that much. Anyways, (laughs) off topic. But I'm just saying it's very odd. And her lack of like compassion just for Jen's family is fucked up. And That's what Mary, I think, was getting at. Like, you don't have to like Jen. And this can be very much a, you know, this is you made your bed and now you have to lie in it type of situation with Jen. Like, you did these bad things allegedly. So, I mean, you kind of have to answer to it. But she does have children at the end of the day. She does have a husband who I can't imagine Coach Shaw was in on this. And people were saying they think that he was the one on the phone with her when she answered. 
I don't think so. I think it was Stu personally. I think Stu was like, something is happening because there is just a part of me that I don't think Coach Shaw would, knowing that this is happening, knowing the feds are looking for his wife, would keep his children in the home to then be let out by officers with weapons. Now, that ring camera footage was so fucking disturbing. I'm like pissed. I don't know who turned that footage over to Bravo. I don't know if it was Jen. I don't fucking like it. That should not have been put out there because of her children. To see these two boys walking outside with their like little flip-flops on, being surrounded by officers with like gigantic guns on a ring camera was so deeply upsetting. I was like, I cried. I cried. I got the, to quote Whitney, I got the fucking chills because it was just, we didn't need to see that. And the boys didn't need that to be put out there of them. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, remember on Orange County when Lynn Curtin's daughters, Raquel and Alexa got the eviction notice like on camera. They said that that was like the worst day of their life. I can't imagine how her sons feel. And this wasn't even like Bravo cameras in your face. This is like someone turned had to have turned this footage over to Bravo for it to be. I don't know. I just really I didn't like that at all. But anyways, then, you know, they're on the bus ride. They're finding things out in real time. They're getting the articles. Lisa's crying. And again, (laughs) Heather's clueless. They get to the house. We got to talk about this house. We have to talk about this house. It's like being marketed to us as this like beautiful state and veil, like whatever. Okay. It's beautiful. Sure. But this house is a goddamn maze. Mary couldn't find the bathroom. She was going up and down steps. I mean, sometimes it was two steps. Sometimes it was four steps. I I couldn't make heads or tails of this house. I would get so anxious. Like, I just want a normal house. Just walk in. You know where things are. You don't have to, you know, go up and down and around. It was so chaotic. And then there was a little scene where Mary Mary jumped on the bed. And I thought, she's fun. She's a fun girl. I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed that little moment. You know, kind of like the moment last week, like where she karate chopped the pillow, her throw pillow. She was karate chopping. I liked it. I thought it was, thought it was a good time. Now, she does have her husband's name and his phone as dad. Now, I don't know why. I found that odd. Dude, I'm not married and don't have children. So I don't know if that's maybe a thing people do, like married people. They have their significant others, you know, names in their phones as mom or dad. I I don't know. To me, got kind of weird. But at the dinner, you know, everyone comes down. It's like beautiful sushi. I mean, I, my tummy was rumbling. I wanted all of that sashimi. It gets brought up. And this, to me, was such a, probably one of the biggest revelations of the whole episode was the fact that Heather put Jen in an Uber, put her in a car at about 1130 or later at night and was tracking the Uber to make sure she got home safe. But it stopped midway on like a side road. And then Jen got out of the car and was like, that was it. At like 1130. And Lisa was like, well, what day was this? What time? Like, she knows something. And I think this week coming up, we will be discovering 
what Lisa knows about Jen. So that's pretty much it. I, you know, I loved every second of it. I loved the jumbo family-sized Cheeto bag while Jenny was sipping her beer while everybody was crying about Jen being indicted for fraud. She did not care whatsoever. I, you know, people have been saying online that they aren't sure about Jenny. I enjoy her. I enjoy what she brings to the show. I don't know what that is necessarily, but I'm enjoying something. Like, I think she's a good addition. I don't know if she'll be back, but I'm, I like what I'm seeing. I like her confessionals. I like how honest she is. She's very like cut to the chase, you know? I don't know. I, I'm enjoying that little, little Jenny. Jenna Rue. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. So let's talk about Potomac. Now, I don't have much to say. I have to be honest, which is shocking because, I mean, it's me. I always have something to say about something. But there's something very, like, lackluster about this. I just feel like we're not really getting anywhere with anything. Like, there's no resolution happening anywhere. And I'm like, okay, I need bows to be tied up. I need things to have, like, progressed in some way. Now, I did really, really love the moment with Karen and Giselle when Giselle got like emotional because that never happens. Even Andy was like, I've never seen you cry. This is so weird. The only time I think we've ever seen Giselle cry is when her and Sherman were breaking up and she was getting her hair washed by Cal. I think that that's like the only time she got like a little emotional then, but I don't know. I just don't think it needs to be four parts. I think it's kind of a flop. I really hate coming on this podcast and just like bitching and complaining about, you know, whatever. But I'm bored. Like, I don't know where I just. And then I saw a sneak peek of this upcoming week where they're all upset that G was like licking his tongue at them. And then they were like comparing it to Michael Darby saying Michael didn't do X, Y, Z. It's like. Are you guys fucking insane? Michael, like, on camera. It's on camera. This does not even need to be alleged. This was on camera. He's grabbed multiple people's butts. Like, assaulted them. And yet, G can't, like, be wasted and, like, lick his tongue. Was it weird when he did that? Absolutely. Did I enjoy it? No. But it happened. It is what it is. He was letting loose. He even said, he's like, I haven't been outside of the house in a year because of COVID. Like, I kind of lost my mind. And I was like, good for you. Good for you for owning it. I don't know. I just don't understand this whole like protecting Michael Darby thing. It's he's so disgusting. And I'm glad he doesn't show up to reunions. I don't like that Juan doesn't show up for reunions. I don't think. I don't know what's going on with Juan and Robin. I I love Robin. But you guys know my thoughts on Wani Poo. 
I'm not into him. I I don't think he gives what he needs to be giving to Robin. It's just, it's not, it's not enjoyable to watch, I have to say. I'm not going to talk about Vanderpump Rules this week because there's nothing to say. And again, I hate coming on this podcast and being negative. I just don't really have much to talk about. What am I going to say? Brock sews dresses for his daughter. It's just Tom Sandoval's out of his fucking mind. I, I don't even know where to begin. I want to love this show still so badly, but I just don't. And I, it pains me to say that because it, and it's kind of like how I felt about New York last season. Like it's my favorite show on Bravo and I can't even bring myself, I forget it's on. I don't care. You know, it's just bizarre. And so I, I think it's just time to be put out to pasture. I think it's time. The, the, the curtain needs to close on good old Vanderpump because it's just not it's just not doing it for me. But you know what is doing it for me? Winter House. Oh, I love Winter House. Winter House is like a delicious little appetizer before Summer House. Now, I don't know when we're getting Summer House. I think it's soon. But I'm so excited. I I love Winter House. I like that it was just six episodes short and sweet like we got in, we got out. It it's so good. The the season finale is like next, it's next week coming up. But wow. Okay. Austin's here are hot and fucking heavy. Like she is in love with him after seven days. Like, or however, 10 days. She's head over heels for this, for this beta bitch, Austin. It was really, really adorable, I will say, when he was, like, really wanting her to learn how to ski. And she was coming down the hill, and he, like, scooped her up. And it was really sweet. I was like, what is Winterhouse doing to me? What is it doing? It's making me like Austin. But it doesn't make me like Craig. I don't think. I know I, I know I go back and forth a lot. I just don't think I could ever really fully get on board the Craig train. I'm much more, if I had to choose, I'm much more of an Austin girl, which that literally kills me to say, wow. It's just like, so sorry. My apologies to, to my listeners. And then, you know, Austin, they're all hanging out. They're all about to go in the hot tub and Austin gets a text from a friend, he says. I want to know who this friend is. I want this friend to be outed. I want to know... Who is sending Austin these text messages saying that Madison, his ex-girlfriend, who has been brought up every episode because she's just a star, had a seizure in her kitchen while she was cooking for her son, Hudson, and Hudson had to call the ambulance. Now, that's very scary. So Austin, of course, felt, you know, a little emotional, like this woman that he cared about and loved, you know, for so long, even though it was a very toxic relationship, is in the hospital. So he unblocks her. And I guess like they start texting and then she's like, I don't want you to move on. Like just saying crazy shit. And it's like, this woman just had a seizure. She's clearly not in her right mind. <laughs> I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. But it it makes him then like want to pull back with Sierra. And I don't think Austin is ready 
for a relationship. But then, like, this is what I don't understand about men, okay? Men will be like, I want to hang out with you all the time. I want to have sex with you. I want to go on dates. Sometimes men are even like, I want you to meet my family. But I don't want a relationship. It's like, then what were you doing this whole time? Because that's a relationship, buddy. Like, that's literally that. That's what that is. It just makes no fucking sense. And it kind of is just like annoying to me. Austin's like, I think he really, really likes Sierra. But I don't think he is ready. But then don't act like you're ready. Don't be scooping her up on the end of the on the end of the bunny hill and kissing her and being cute. Like, keep your distance. Be a Luke. Luke is like, if he likes someone, he like, oh, God. I totally forgot when he wrote Jules that letter with the yes or the no. I wanted to vomit. That was last week. I know. But I just it came to me like oof, like a flash and. That was tough. I really hated that. I hated that a lot for my for my Lukey, who I'm really only attracted to in Winter House. He did wake Craig up and ask him if he wanted to go tap the tree for some syrup. And I thought, it's very sexy. <laughs> I can't help myself. I really can't. I have to be honest. I have to be honest. We're here because we're here. It's called Hot Off The Mess for a reason. I'm a goddamn mess. He literally knows how to tap the the tree for syrup are you fucking kidding me that is like that's some castaway shit like that is something like that's like survival of the fucking fittest and i'm into it and craig's like dude i'm asleep craig craig can barely like brush his teeth in the fucking morning you think he's gonna go tap a tree i don't think so But I really am loving seeing this like little romance blossom between Lindsay and Jason. I think Jason is kind of the perfect man for Lindsay because I know people are saying Lindsay needs a guy that's going to put her in her place. She doesn't need a beta ass bitch like what was his face? Strabby, who gave her that soggy fucking fish and chips next to a pool on a fold out table in Summer House last year. That was so upsetting. But she needs someone who has like silent strength. Like Jason. Jason has this like very silent, sexy confidence about him where he's not like, you know, where he knows he's really good looking. He brings a lot to the table and he allows Lindsay to be batshit crazy. Like he even said when he first met her, he was kind of scared. And I was like, is that not the plot of every rom-com? Well, it should be. I don't think it is. Usually it's like the other way around. You know, Beauty and the Beast is Jason the beauty and Lindsay's the beast, probably, but he also finds Lindsay to be very sexy and very beautiful and smart and independent and strong. Like he looks at her and sees all these wonderful qualities that a lot of the people in the house, like, you know, they kind of are really hard on our girl, Linz. And that makes me sad. So I'm really happy that, you know, she found someone who is an amazing cook, by the way. This man is throwing down the kitchen constantly. We have to talk about this, though. I've never seen people cook so much and eat so little. Are they eating the food that they're making? Because, like, I I rarely see forks in mouths. And then I see a lot of uneaten bacon on that cooking sheet, and I get really upset. Because it would be the fucking day if I ever let a piece of bacon go unwasted. 
seriously, never in life would I allow that. I'd, I'd kick someone out of the house. I'd be like, you're going back to Charleston, bitch. No, eat the fucking bacon. Also, any excuse for Craig to wear eyeliner, he's taking it. This man loves an eyeliner moment he loves. And, you know, I'm not getting the feeling that he's that into his girlfriend, Natalie. I wish we heard more about that, really. Because he alludes to it sometimes. He's like, you know, I like being alone. Like, this trip is making me realize how much I like being alone. And I'm like, that's not ideal. That's not a great place to be at when you're like a year in on a relationship. You know, distance does make the heart grow fonder. I was having this conversation with dear friend of the pod, Dave Quinn, and I was telling him I'm the type of person that like, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind for me. Like, I I need you to like be present. I need you to like text me, like make an effort or else like I will lose feelings. Like it's just, it is what it is. Period. Boys, if you're listening, if you're listening, Annoy me with love and affection, please, or else I'm out, which explains literally so much. One thing I do want to talk about before I sign off is Jackson Brittany did an interview with Access Hollywood. Now, I, of course, had to watch it and I'm ashamed, but this is literally my job. I had to. And, you know, it was it was delightful. They, there's something going on in the water over there. He seemed, they are not on the same page. I wrote about it on the dip.com shameless plug. Their interview, it's very odd. Like he keeps trying to drive this point home that like he wants to move out of LA and Brittany's like, literally like, no. And they're like, well, we still have to talk about it. It's just very weird. It's very, very odd. Please go read my article or go watch it on Access Hollywood. It's, it's interesting. That's all I'll say. He looks, I don't know. He, you know, when someone like says over and over again, like how happy they are and how fine they are. And then you start to realize like they're not happy or fine. That's what that video was to me. It was like a cry for help. At one point he was like tapping his hands. Like he was so nervous and anxious. Like he, it was so weird for a man that's been on television for 10 years. Like he does not know what he's doing, but yeah, I'll leave you with that. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and the other amazing dip podcast, Allison. Bestie of the pod has Pop Chaser and TV Watcher Pete. There's Slut Pig Podcast. But now we said it. There's, of course, there's, you know, another one called Shortcomings hosted by yours truly and her bestie, Chris Lewis, about Sex and City. So go check that out. There's new episodes every Wednesday. And then, of course, this podcast comes out every Tuesday and Friday. And occasionally a little emergency pod here and there. So yeah, thank you guys again for listening and use code HOTM at the diff.com and I'll see you around. Bye. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
Auto Parts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.